Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So following my graduation from university and having this love for Harold, Harold Arlen that I, uh, that I really dove into, I, you know, I moved to New York City. I've talked about moving to New York City in the past, and I kind of dove into the kind of whole New York cabaret scene. I would go to piano bars, and you know, it was, I listened to nothing but uh, the, the, uh, great, what they call the Great American Songbook as, as performed by all the greats, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and Mel Torme, and you know, this was my life for basically all the years I lived in New York City. So sometimes people will, you know, inquire of me, you know, what was happening in pop culture between 1997 and 2000, and I have no idea, <laughs> no idea whatsoever, because that was what I was living. I was living this kind of throwback to like, days gone by, a real kind of uh, cultural traditional New York City that really resonates with my heart. And so you've got to accentuate the positive. It's a great song for us, don't you think? I mean, isn't it essentially what we teach? You've got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. And I love this. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Basically, go for it. And don't let anything stand in your way. Don't let anything at all stand in your way. So we have arrived at week three in our exploration of the five basic unity principles. So far, the first principle, God is. I'm just going to do these a bit shorthand. God is. Second principle, I am. We are. I am. We are. God is. I am. So we've talked about the nature of God. We've talked about the nature of humanity, us, and all creation, ultimately. And here's the question. That's really all well and good. It's great to have this kind of intellectual understanding. Oh, God is all there is, and that's who and what I am. Now what? What do you do with it, right? What do you do with this information? How do you actually step forth into action around this information? And that is, um, that is what it's really all about. You know, it is not enough to simply understand the principle. It is, it, you, we can read all the books of all the sages and the mystics of the ages. I know I say this a lot, right? We can read all of this book. We can engage all of this intellectual knowledge and information, and we can say, oh, I'm going to study such and such, and I'm going to study this, and I'm going to study that. But what is study if it does not translate itself into action and experience in your life? This is a spiritual philosophy that is active. It is not a passive spiritual philosophy. It is not, oh, I'm going to just sit back and just let it all unfold beautifully and easily. Although you can do that, but we can activate this principle. We can activate this principle of God is, I am. And so that is what the third basic unity principle is. It is the law of mind action. The law of mind action. We are consistently engaging this law of mind action in our lives, whether we have an awareness of it or not. So if I were to explain what the law of mind action is, I'm going to start with the words of our founder, Charles Fillmore, who wrote this. In the book Christian Healing, he wrote, all manifestation in our world is the result of the ideas that we are holding in mind and are expressing. All 
manifestation, not some manifestation, all manifestation in our world is the result of the ideas that we are holding in mind and are expressing. All manifestation. And, and, and we are not, we are not off the hook in any way. What this says ultimately is that the result of our ideas show up as our experience. Fundamental basic premise of unity principle. And where it all begins is our mind. And you know, sometimes I do this for mind and sometimes I do this for mind and sometimes I do a mixture of the two. Because ultimately mind is not the brain. The mind is that energetic creative field which embodies us and we embody and is who and what we are. Unity Worldwide Ministries uses this to describe the third principle. You may have seen this on a poster somewhere. We are co-creators with God, creating reality through thoughts held in mind. We are co-creators with God, creating reality through thoughts held in mind. Now, I am of a personal belief that we have actually moved through part of what this says. I am not of the mind that we are co-creators. <gasps> That's going to shock some people because you've always heard we are co-creating with God all the time. We are co-creating with God. We are co-creating with God. Well, that puts God out there which is the very thing we do not teach. <laughs> if we are co-creating with someone or something, it is something out there. I cannot be with something if I am something. God is, I am. And so I am not co-creating with God. I am creating as God, as are we all. And we all have equal access to the infinite creative principle and utilize it at all times, once again, whether we know it or not. We are always consistently creating as God. The question then becomes, how shall we choose to create? So there's been a little bit of an update to the language that Unity Worldwide Ministries has uh, put out there in the world. And if you go to Unity World Headquarters, to, to parallel organizations, they actually state the third principle this way. Thoughts have creative power to determine events and attract experiences. So your thinking, your mind, determines the events of your life and attracts experiences. Now what this says to me is that we must step into the sense of responsibility for our lives. We're not, now I wanna be very clear. I am not responsible to anyone else's experience or expression of life. I am responsible to my experience and expression of life. And when I talk about responsibility, please do not mishear what I am saying because what I am not saying is we are to blame for the experiences and expressions of our life. And that's the erroneous path that so many in New Thought can find themselves going down so easily when things are not aligning in a way that they feel they would like in their life. Responsibility is to 
truly, the true nature of responsibility is to say, I am the creator of my experience, and irrespective of what has occurred in the past or the way I got to this point, if I do not like my life, my responsibility is to do something about it that is constructive. And I have the power because I am that which is. So we're putting together all three of those principles. God is, I am, and I am consistently creating the experience of my life. There is no blame here. If we get stuck in blame, we will never get past blame because we'll keep dredging up those past experiences. Keeping them in mind means that we are going to continue to create the constructs of those experiences in our life. We are the creators of our experience, and so we can let that go. And in letting it go, choose to take a creative path forward. So are we creating actively or reactively? Are we choosing to move forward essentially based on the unknown? And I love this, I love this idea that, you know, that, that, that I, I carry with me as a spiritual practice. And a lot of my meditations that I engage in on a daily basis fall into contemplating this question. I know nothing. Now what can I know? I know nothing. Now what can I know? What happens when we engage in that? Ellen Devonport is a contemporary unity minister and she's written a book on the five principles. And this is one of the things she's, she says about the third principle. She wrote this, she, she wrote, we create in consciousness. Right? We do. Yes? Yes. Everybody's like, uh. We create in consciousness, yes? Yes, okay, I'm seeing nodding heads. You know, it's helpful when there are a few people in the room <laughs> to get a little feedback. We create in consciousness. However, most of us get the process backwards. We look at what has already materialized, then form opinions about whether we like it or not. That's reactive living. That is reactive living. It is, like I've been saying, looking at the past to make the construct for our future. From those opinions, from those opinions about the thing out there that has already been created, we can end up creating more of the same if we do not decide to take charge of our mind. We have the choice. We are always at choice to view this paradigm, to view the paradigm of our experience as victims or victors. Which do you choose today? What I've really settled myself into is this understanding that the victim is the one who believes that outside circumstances have dominion over their experience and relegates their power to those outside things. If I believe that something outside myself has dominion or power over me, it does. That's the way the mind works. I'm actually affirming the principle because what I believe creates my experience. So if I believe that that thing out there has, has power, then it will. And it will control me so long as I continue to keep my mind in that frame of reference. The truth is the creative power is always responding to the frame of mind that we engage in. 
And so what would I prefer? I would prefer to be the victor, to see, I can see the circumstances. I'm not going to live in denial of what's happening in the world. I'm not going to live in denial about what's happening in my life. I can observe dispassionately without judgment and make appropriate decisions about how I would like to move forward. Too many of us get lost in what is. We get lost. We're like, oh, look at the life. Oh, right? And we forget that we have the power to say, while I can look at the things in my life, I can recreate my life right in this moment and move forward. This is the whole point and purpose of developing spiritual practice. The law of mind action is happening whether we are actively participating in it or not. So let's participate. Let's be activators in our lives of the things we would like to experience. The beginning step of this participation ultimately is the willingness to honestly take stock of what is in your mind. And I have people say, oh, I don't know what's in my mind. How do I, well, how do I know what's in my mind? I can tell you, here's the great way to know what is in your mind. Look at your life. Look at your life. If the law of mind action is creating the circumstances of our life, then to know what is happening in our mind, look at our lives. Are you living the life of joy and happiness that so many people seek? Are you living a life of forward momentum? Are you living a life of conscious evolution? Are you living a life that you desire? Are you thriving or merely surviving? Because the difference between those two is not about what you do, it's about who you be. Who it is, what it is within you, your mind. What are you thinking? It's reflected all around you. And so I will offer this reminder again. To see what is around you does not mean that you are, does not mean that you are to blame for what is around you. For while your construct of mind may have created it. It is your construct of mind that will recreate it. To observe and acknowledge is to put yourself in a position of power. To understand that you have dominion over all because you have dominion over your mind. You know, in the creation story, it is said that God gave man dominion over everything. That doesn't mean that God is here to ransack the world. It means that we have dominion over our mind and how we relate to everything in this magnificent universe. That's the dominion that we have. To be put in a place of power, to understand that we have dominion over our mind, means that we can do something about whatever it is we are experiencing. You know, to not do so, this is a weird metaphor. I'm just going to acknowledge this is a weird metaphor, but it's the metaphor that came through me this morning. So I come from a family of golfers. And so, you know, there's no expectation that I would become a golfer, although I do enjoy playing golf, and I don't play it nearly enough. Um, I would like to, you know, I would like to engage in playing golf more frequently. However, imagine that 
you decide to play golf blindfolded. How well do you think you're going to do in that? Now, now we can try, right? You know, I can get the club out, whatever club. I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm at the tee, so I've got my driver, right? And, I get it, and, and somebody is going to take me, and they're going to align me up, right? Where? Oh, they're going to line me up. Okay. And so I'm going to go there, and it's like, all right. And so it's hard to do this in a jacket. And so, all right. And so I imagine, I think I know, I think I know where the ball is. I'm not really sure, possibly, but I'm going to just give it a shot, right? Here's the issue with that. You may or may not hit the ball. It's, a, it's very possible. You could do a drive straight down the fairway 200 yards. It's very possible, not likely. And where might the ball go if you're blindfolded too, right? You could hook or slice pretty severely. It's a lot easier to address and take that swing when your eyes are open. Many of us close our eyes to the experiences of our lives. We close our eyes to right is in front of us. We live in a state of denial that is detrimental to our good. It's like trying to hit that drive. It's very possible you'll just whiff the ball, just not even hit it at all, right? Today I want us to open our eyes, not just keep swinging the club. In this, don't forget to see what is created and know that you can set the tone for what will be. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, can we create specific individualized experiences? Yes, but I'm much more interested in setting into the tendency of my mind to activate the law of mind action in a way that makes everything show up according to that tendency. I can create. I'm a ma- I will tell you, I am a master creator. People, people contact me for prayer. I pray, and it is done. Easy. I find that to be easy. For my own life, I want to live in the constant state of understanding I am the prayer. Every word that expresses through me is prayer, for it is creative. It is backed by an intention that is creating in my life. That's the power of accentuating the positive eliminating the negative, latching on to the affirmative. And, like I said before, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. This means there can be no room for willy-nilly thinking. You are in control. Your thoughts are creating your experience, whether you participate actively or not. Wouldn't it be better to actively participate, to take that blindfold off and swing that club and have a nice line drive right down the middle of the fairway? just laughed that this became a golf metaphor today. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the great gift that we have. We are in the position to renew our mind at all times. You are an instrument of the law of mind action, and my call to each and every one of us today is to use it, to use it, to use it actively, consistently, thoroughly, so that we can 
habitualize our minds into the most constructive, magnificent experience of life we can possibly imagine. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.